You're listening to Wild and Holy Radio, honest conversations, love notes, and strategies to grow a business while building a life grounded in deep integrity. I'm Megan Hale, integrity expert, bringing mindset and energetic wisdom to help you show up braver, go all in, and expand into your fullest expression. Let's do this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Wild and Holy Radio, the place to be for mindset and energetic wisdom to grow a business while building a life grounded in deep integrity. I am your host, Megan Hale, and if you are new here, I'm so glad that you're tuning in this week because our episode today is one that I have been so eager to record ever since I came back for season two. So money has been a topic that has been a pretty big focus so far. Because 2018 was a huge year for tremendous growth for me in regards to financial stewardship and financial confidence. This was the year that my business totally went to a different revenue level, all while me going through like the hardest year of my personal life with a new baby, six-month deployment, leading this year-long program. It was a lot to hold. But I'll never forget getting ready to move into 2018. My intuition very clearly said to me, I'm about to show you how easy money can be. And I was like, I'm all game for that (laughs) because all of my life, money has felt like this elusive thing that has kind of been a thorn in my side. Like me and money have not had the healthiest dynamics. So 2018 was a big shifting year for me. And one of the biggest things that helped me create such tremendous growth is the thing that I'm going to be talking about today. So I am so excited to dive in. Now, If you're new to me, you may not know that I come to the business and leadership arena by way of psychotherapy. And when I was a practicing therapist, my core specialties were depression, anxiety, and relationship issues. Now, this is super relevant to our episode today because we're going to be approaching money from a relationship perspective with two core tools I've used to help hundreds of people at this point shift from toxic, disempowering relationships to more soul-affirming, empowering, loving relationship dynamics that haven't just saved relationships, but have taken them to a completely different level. Now, one thing that I love the most about this episode is that even though our discussion today is geared more towards money, I'm also taking you behind the scenes of my private coaching practice and how I assess the couples and individuals I work with to create better relationships and happier lives, which P.S., if you're a little bit confused, I have two different businesses, Wild and Holy, where I offer business mentorship and leadership coaching for spiritually oriented women entrepreneurs. And I also have a private coaching practice where I offer relationship and life coaching to couples and individuals. Now my private practice is mostly referral based at this point, And I only work with a handful of clients at a time, but I still love doing the relationship and life coaching work because it's just so fulfilling to see people create healthier relationships, both with themselves and others and helping them just live at their fullest expression. It's so rad. And I get to also take those same tools and bring it into my leadership mentoring with all of my wild and holy clients. So it's so much fun, but I bring all this up because the relationship background is super important here as I dive into one of the tools I often use with clients, but only because I found so much healing and applying it to my own life. The tool that I'm speaking of is called the five love languages. 
So if you are new to this concept, The Five Love Languages is a book by Gary Chapman that I credit to not only saving my parents' marriage, but also helping me heal some deep divides between me and my dad. Now, this book found me when I was a freshman in college, when my parents were going through the hardest season of their marriage, and my mom found it and read it, and then my dad read it, and eventually this book was handed down to me when it was time for me and my dad to do some of our healing. Now, the thing that I love about this book is that it gives you a common language to communicate your needs, and for any relationship to heal and even thrive, we have to be able to communicate our needs where as little as possible gets lost in translation. Now, if you aren't familiar with the five love languages, Gary talks about how every single person on this planet has their preferred way of giving and receiving love, as in their own language of communicating it, so to speak. And we oftentimes find ourselves in relationships with people who speak different languages than us. So Even though we're saying the same thing, like, I love you, I care about you, you're important to me, it often gets lost in translation because we aren't speaking the same language, okay? So this is such a powerful book. I'm going to kind of give you the Cliff Notes version today, but I highly recommend you go and check it out if you have not. And if it's been a while, go and read it again. It's such a good refresher. I love the concepts laid out. So the five love languages are quality time words of affirmation, gifts, physical touch, and acts of service, okay? Everyone tends to have their primary and secondary love language. Identifying your love languages is key, but so is identifying your partners. And just as an aside, Gary has expanded this work to not just talk about romantic relationships, but also the parental-child relationships, friendships like It's definitely expanded into all different types of relationship dynamics. I'm going to be mostly talking about it from the romantic sense um, and kind of the parent-child sense too. So in the book, he encourages us to practice our partner's love language more often and for them to do the same for us. And in so doing, we fill our love tank, which is kind of like a bank account that is either continuously getting deposits (laughs) or continuously getting withdrawals. And when our love tanks are full, we can go through hard times and not feel as depleted. And when our love tanks are empty, we can easily feel like our relationships are kind of coasting on fumes. And when they hit a rough patch, which almost all relationships will, it can feel hard to make it through because our bank account doesn't have as much padding, okay? So this book, that was like super simplified version, by the way, (laughs) but this book and these concepts have really changed my life. Like not only did it help my parents heal their marriage, as I mentioned, they just celebrated 37 years, by the way, happy anniversary, mom and dad. But this book also helped me heal some deep wounds with my dad. So I want to walk you through some of that because it's super relevant to money. So for me, when I was growing up, All I wanted was to feel like I was daddy's little girl, to be the apple of his eye. I longed for the close relationship I saw my friends have with their dads, like the way that they would come to their cheerleading competitions, the way they would check them out early from school and take them to lunch, the way they would come to the father-daughter dances, the way they would like hang on every single word. But this was really a far cry from the relationship that I had with my dad. 
Although he would tell me he was proud of me and that he loved me, these words seemed to be given in those in-between moments when he was either coming home from work, leaving for work, or when he was home, on to doing the next thing that just seemed like busy work for me. He was always cleaning, tidying, organizing, anything it seemed other than spending quality time with me, okay? So because of this, most of my teenage years were spent with a lot of anger and resentment towards him. And I wanted nothing more for us to truly connect, but I also felt like I was the least important thing on his to-do list. And I know from working with lots of different relationships in my own life and with others that when we don't feel seen, heard, or important by the people that we love, we eventually start shutting down. And this was me. So all the longing that I'd had to have a close relationship with him became something that I just wanted to bury. I didn't want it. I didn't want to want it. I didn't want to need it. But as it turns out, we do continue to ache for it, especially in my opinion, when it comes to parental love. That's just kind of the way love works. So fast forward to my freshman year of college when the five love languages first found my family. And I started to notice this change in the way that my parents were relating. But the thing that was really odd was around this same time, my dad started having these open conversations with me about his regrets from my childhood. And he started sharing these epiphanies that he'd had while reading this book. And he asked if he could send it to me. And back then, this was kind of like an olive branch being offered of, I would like to do some work and heal our relationship kind of thing, right? And I was hesitant, but I was like, okay, sure, send me the book, okay? So it arrives in the mail, and I will never forget opening it because in the margins of this book were his notes in his own handwriting about what he saw I had needed in order to feel loved by him. And also the way he had tried to communicate that to me in his own love language, which were, which was acts of service. I still have this book, by the way, it's probably the most prized possession that I have because it holds so much healing in my own personal journey, but reading his words and also the concepts of the book were truly life-changing for me because for the first time I realized that I'd been begging my dad for quality time. And all the times I'd assumed that I had been last on his list, I had really been the first. His drive to provide, his need to take care of things that I didn't really care about, like washing cars on weekends or vacuuming the floors, like picking up, all of those things had actually been an act of love. I had simply never seen it because he wasn't speaking my love language, okay? So this was when I was 18, 19 years old. Like this was a truly mind-blowing moment of seeing my dad through a completely different lens. And it also helped me start to see all of my relationships through a different lens of how we all communicate love differently, okay? So big life-shifting aha. But on to present day and what in the world this has to do with money. So 
as a former relationship therapist and a current relationship coach, I know a thing or two about healing deep wounds, about fostering more trust, cultivating respect, creating deeper intimacy, right? And I don't always use the five love languages as a tool for every couple that I work with, but the thing I always, always pay attention to are three things. One, is the couple I'm working with speaking to each other with love and kindness? Two, are they giving each other the opportunity to win? Three, can they practice curiosity with one another versus assuming the worst? Now, these three pillars more so the three answers to these questions tell me so much about the work that we need to do to strengthen their relationship because here's the thing speaking unkindly and unlovingly to our partner continues to cause damage that has to be repaired and if we perpetually stay in the recovery period versus moving to a healthier foundation we will limit the quality of relationship we can create when we can open ourselves up to so much more potential if we simply change the way we communicate, okay? So when criticism, even heavy sarcasm, and defensiveness are present, I know we have some work to do because communication isn't just what you say, but also how you say it, and this is key, okay? The second, giving our partner the opportunity to win means acknowledging when they put forth effort. And the thing that I see often in couples who have lost intimacy, connection, respect is a high focus on what the other person is doing wrong and shifting the focus to what they're doing right, or at least attempting to do right, opens the door for healing by giving them a chance to win with you. Okay. An early precursor to building back trust is through acknowledging how someone is showing up versus focusing on all the ways they aren't. So giving our partner a win is like making a deposit into their love tank. They start to feel seen, heard, acknowledged, and that their efforts aren't all in vain. And interestingly, they tend to become more motivated to put more effort when they know it isn't going to be overlooked or 100% labeled as not enough, okay? Lastly, I look for a willingness to stay curious versus assuming the worst. And what this looks like in action is maintaining a softness that someone can change. Okay. So usually when I work with couples, there's a history of painful patterns of not feeling seen, heard, understood, or important. And when these patterns are present, we tend to use words such as always and never to describe our partner, which not only pigeonholes our viewpoint, which is really happening as a means for us to self-protect so we don't get our hopes up, even though we still do. But it also pigeonholes who we allow our partner to be for us, okay? So one of the most powerful things we can ever do, and this is like in regards to relationships, but also life, is practice curiosity. Because curiosity creates softness and openness. Whereas assuming creates defensiveness and closes us down to new information getting through, okay? So change cannot happen if there is no opening, okay? So creating an opening is vulnerable work. It totally is, but it's absolutely necessary to creating what you want most. So let's apply this to money, okay? So four years, I felt like money did not love me. (laughs) 
I thought money loved other people more than me. I saw money spending all kinds of time with them, loving up on them, giving them all kinds of things. While meanwhile, I was still waiting for money to come love up on me. Underneath all of this was this longing for money to feel the way I wanted it to feel, but repeatedly feeling let down by it, okay? It was almost as if no matter what I tried, it seemed like we could never get on the same page. At my worst, I felt abandoned by it. At my best, I didn't truly trust it to show up for me, okay? So here were the facts. The way I thought about money was usually through the lens of anger, that it didn't show up for me the way I wanted it to. Even when I did everything right, it refused to bless me. It seemed that no matter what I did, it was never enough, which, friends, is a slippery slope to I'm not enough. You following? And when these dynamics are present in any relationship where you don't feel like you measure up, what happens? We get bitter. We get resentful. We start shutting down, right? And we also tend to get into this proving energy of how much we deserve. So like we hustle for our worthiness, okay? But love does not flourish this way, okay? In order for love to flourish, we need generosity. We need unconditional love. We need openness, softness. We need positive regard, like trusting that people are doing their best, right? So. With this reflection, I realized like I didn't have a really great relationship with money, right? But I also realized that I had actually been here before. I had been in this exact situation where I was angry with money. I didn't trust it to show up. I didn't feel loved by it because all I could focus on is how it wasn't showing up for me the way I wanted it to, when I wanted it to, in the amount I wanted it to. You feel me? And it was here that I realized, hey, this actually sounds a lot like the relationship I had with my dad. And I knew how to heal that, which was through the five love languages. But would it work the same with money? If you're loving all this talk about money, and especially about shifting into a more empowered relationship with it, I would love to invite you to check out Wild and Holy Money Love, a four-week transformational course to help you drastically shift the way you feel about money. Whether you want to make more or steward what you're making better, it all starts with more money love. I'm bringing the most powerful exercises that go far beyond just money mindset and affirmations. I'm helping money feel the way you want it to feel, where money shows up for you in abundance and becomes the biggest supporter of your wildest dreams. Join me for four weeks of transformation that won't just help you more deeply love money, but more importantly, help money more deeply love you. This is Wild and Holy Money Love. Find out more at wildandholymoney.com. I'll see you there. Now, back to our episode. So, just as a refresher, the five love languages are quality time, words of affirmation, gifts, physical touch, and acts of service, okay? Now, remember, one of the key points of all this is understanding what your love languages are, how you prefer to give and receive love, okay? So for me, 
my primary and secondary love languages are quality time and words of affirmation, right? There is nothing that fuels me more than creating memories with people, um, acknowledging them for what they do, being acknowledged for what I do, who I am, right? And once this piece fell into place for me and I reflected back to my relationship with money, I realized that I was not practicing my love languages with money. I wasn't showing money any love, <laughs> okay? I wasn't spending any quality time with money, and there were certainly no words of affirmation. So the time that I was spending with money was when I was in my accounts focused on how little money was doing for me in there. <laughs> so my conversation with it probably sounded super critical, harsh, never enough, ungrateful, berating, pissed off, shut down, you name it, okay? Not exactly quality time, nor words of affirmation. And this is when things really started to change. Because I knew that in order to shift the way I related to money, I needed to shift the way I was loving it. And for me, where I started was I started focusing on speaking to money the way I would someone I loved. And instead of looking for how money wasn't measuring up, I started focusing on all the ways that it was, okay? So when I applied this to money, I started to see just how much money was supporting me, okay? Every single month, my bills were getting paid. Every single month, when I thought I'd be short, somehow extra showed up. Not a lot extra, but it was enough, okay? Every single month, my business continued to move forward. Maybe it was slower than I wanted to, but moving forward nonetheless, all right? So from this awareness, this shift in perspective, I also started getting intentional about expressing my appreciation, starting layering on these words of affirmation, okay? So I allowed myself to start to feel supported. And anytime we start to allow ourselves to feel supported, we open ourselves up to rest in something. And it's this resting that builds more trust, okay? So I started with my primary love languages because those are the two that are most important to me. I'm also the most well-versed in those love languages, okay? And I knew that if I started building strong actions that continue to pour into the love tank, as Gary says, I would start to feel more full, content, and supported, which is exactly what started to happen. And as time has gone on, I've started to play with the other love languages as well to build even more trust and intimacy with money, okay? So I wanna walk you through a couple of the examples of how I've done this. So physical touch is not something that I typically do with money. So for me, like I don't usually carry cash, right? But what I do do is I physically transfer money. I direct my money to where I want it to go. I write checks for things, not a lot of things these days, but a few things. I make manual payments, right? There's some bills that I will pay manually. And I started seeing those activities as a way to practice love with money through physical touch. Same goes for investing, okay? And after two years, of practicing physical touch with money in this way, 
I not only started to kind of fall in love with this idea of managing my money, of moving my money, directing it, spending it, all of these things, I became really fun for me because I saw it as such a loving act. But the more I intentionally spent my money, the more I seemed to make, which was a really cool awareness. The more I moved money, the more money would come in. Okay, so there's some energetic things at play here, which we can talk about in a different episode. But the physical touch of moving money, even if you want to hold money, that would be a really great way of practicing this love language. Okay, now gift giving is probably like my lowest love language. This is the one that I've had to work the most at because it's not that I don't appreciate gifts. I do. I find them to be really, truly thoughtful gestures. But when it comes to showing love, I'm much more prone to pick up the phone, send a text, like schedule some time with somebody, right? But as I have been playing with giving more money, what I have noticed is that I tend to feel more involved in things that I care about. I also feel like I'm starting to make a bigger difference with my money. And I'm starting to see that there is such an act of love behind giving. And becoming more generous is something, like if you tuned in for the GBB Goals Masterclass, you know that when we do our money hierarchies, giving was the lowest on my hierarchy because this wasn't something that was like deeply modeled, right, for me growing up. So it's a value that I'm having to cultivate for myself. And so this year, the way I'm playing with that love language more is by donating 5% of my total revenue, which ends up equating to 10% of my take-home pay every month to Together Rising, which is Glennon Doyle's uh, nonprofit organization, and also starting to fund a scholarship for single moms who are building a business, which I'm really, really excited to do to help support a woman in this way, especially after going through the deployment last year, raising two little ones on my own, without having to carry all of the financial responsibility on my shoulders. Like, I want to help a single mom out to help her invest in her business and get it off the ground during a really challenging season, right? So the other cool thing that I'm noticing, though, about giving more money is I I also tend to receive more. So it really is proving to be true about the more you give, the more you receive. And it's, it feels really loving to me to practice giving money in that way. So the last love language that I've been playing around with is acts of service. Okay. Now this one has been really cool to play with because what I'm really talking about here is asking myself the question, how do I invest in delegating tasks to help offer more ease. Like what acts of service can I invest in that offer more ease to my life? Is that childcare, house cleaning, yard work, a VA, a copywriter, a photographer, right? Who can I call into my team to help support me? And I think this one is worth its weight in gold when I can see this as a way of more deeply loving me and letting money love me. It's a no brainer to lean in and be more supported. Okay. So Here's the thing with these five love languages of money and also your homework. The first piece of all of this is to understand your two primary love languages, okay? And the next piece, which is probably most important, is to get specific on what those love languages look like in action because love is a verb, okay? It's something that we actually have to do and practice in order to create a different dynamic. So, When we're tight on money, 
it can feel like there's not a lot to give to others to hire help to invest in our businesses etc okay and perhaps that's why focusing on quality time and words of affirmation were so powerful for me because they aren't dependent on how much money you have or don't have like you can express gratitude at any time you can spend quality time at any time right and I think the other power move here was that both quality time and words of affirmation really kind of build off of the three core pillars that I look for in healthy relationships, right? Speaking lovingly and kindly, giving the other person, or in this case, money and opportunity to win, which is really acknowledging what they're doing right, right? And then also staying curious with our thoughts that come up around money when we're spending time with it versus assuming the worst. Like this alone, you guys, like just getting curious about money, letting it be something different for you, not using always, never. Like that alone will do wonders in how you're relating to money. But the other thing that I would like to offer here is that we have full permission to practice these love languages on a smaller scale and grow them over time, okay? So if gift giving is your primary love language, like what's a small way that you can practice that? Can it be like $5 a month that you're super intentional with? And the thing that I see the most is that we tend to wait until we're at our ideal amount before we start giving or we're at our ideal amount before we'll invest in something. And I think that we really overlook the smaller opportunities that can have such a big impact on the way we're relating to something. So give yourself permission to start small. Maybe your dream is to be able to cut a $10,000 check to an organization, right? Why not start with 100 right? Start now. Start with where you are with what you can give and build up to that because giving, if that's your primary love language, is such an act of love that's going to fuel your love tank with money, okay? So if physical touch is your primary love language, can you commit to taking out like 20 to $100 in cash every week and exchanging that through your hands to somebody else? Can you find pleasure in moving money in your accounts like I do? Like that's a super fun activity for me. I am a practice for, a profit first practitioner. So twice a month I go in and I move my allocations into all my different accounts. It's so fun. I love watching all the money just disperse and go where I want it to go and do what I want it to do. That is such a rad way for me practicing love these days. And also like finding gratitude and pleasure in paying your bills. Like what a gift it is that you get to pay your bills every month. That is another way of bringing more love through physical touch with your money. Lastly, if acts of service is your love language, what's one small service that you can invest in? And here's another, <laughs> here's another situation where I see us hold off on investing in the things that we could be in order to make our lives easier. We say, well, once I'm making this, then I will, right? And we don't take the leap of investing in so then we can do, do more, right? So maybe you can start small with investing in childcare for an hour, or an extra hour than you already are. Maybe it's a mani-pedi. Maybe it's hiring a professional organizer who can come into your house once and totally change your life. Like what is an act of service that you could invest in with your money to love up on yourself more, okay? So my point is this. Focusing on your love language with money starts to shift the way you relate to it. So if you want money to love you, 
you also have to practice loving it, okay? (laughs) And when you intentionally choose to show love in your love language, you are intentionally choosing to heal the dynamic that you have with money and start shifting into something new. So I've been playing with this for about two years now. And the more I play with money in this way, like the more quality time I spend with it, the more words of affirmation I give it, the closer to money I feel. And instead of feeling as though money is the enemy and never doing enough, I find that money is so eager to support me. It always shows up when I need it most. It is just waiting to bless me. Like it is such a different relationship dynamic that I have with it today than I spend the grand majority of my life having. And I think that that's such a testament to the power of shifting the relationship. So this has not only decreased my anxiety and worry about money, but it's also helped me unhook from it, right? Like there's not as much drama associated with it. And I'm sure you can relate to this. Like when there's a drama in your relationship, like with a friend or with a parent or with a lover, like it takes up so much real estate in your head, right? Like there's all this worry and rumination that we do, like thinking about things. And when that drama is no longer present, do you know like the freedom that exists in your mind? Like that real estate is now open and free for you to do other things with. And this starts to free up your energy. That's why I think healing the relationship dynamics with money is just so powerful because it's not something that's consuming your thoughts all the time. It's just like this free loving thing that just feels good and you don't have to worry about it. You're just intentional with maintaining that relationship, right? Like any other healthy relationship in your life. And I think that that's what offers a lot more ease. So I would be curious to know a few things. The first, what are your two primary love languages, okay? And you can go and take a quiz. Gary Chapman has one out. Um, But it's really about answering the question, like, how do you most like to give and receive love? Is it through quality time, words of affirmation, physical touch, giving gifts? What's the other one? Acts of service. (laughs) And the second is, How can you apply those two love languages to how you're relating to money, okay? And this is when we really have to get creative of what do those love languages look like in action? Because remember, love is a verb. It's something that we have to do. We have to actually put energy behind it. So getting clear on what these love languages look like in action is the probably most important piece and how you can apply that to money, okay? Third, if you're a quality time person, I want to make sure that you check out the GBB Goals Masterclass because without even realizing it when I created it, this is a system that allows you to spend more quality time with your money. And that was a big groundbreaking relationship shift for me last year. And I think that it's such a positive way to spend quality time with your finances And even having some framework of applying some of the other love languages like physical touch, words of affirmation, um, gift giving, like all of those things are already kind of baked in there. So make sure that you go and check that out. So 
I really hope that you love this episode. I have been so eager to record it for you. This is kind of a rough cut of all of these ideas. I'm going to be deepening these concepts into a course that I'm going to be releasing later this year. You know, money has been such a healing thing for me, and it's been just so encouraging to know that we can apply these relationship concepts to something that we don't necessarily think of as a relationship. But when we actually start to heal those dynamics, gosh, it just opens up so much for us and just the way we think about things, the way we feel about things. And I think from a business standpoint, we just open ourselves up to um, welcoming in more money, pursuing more money, having money feel fun, having it feel light, um, really truly loving it and seeing the good that it can do in the world. And that is super powerful for any entrepreneur and even any person, I think, um, who has kind of a worrisome, dramatic relationship with money. We don't have to stay there. We can grow into something new. So stay tuned for that. And if you loved this episode, I would love for you to share it with somebody who wants to love money or more importantly, wants money to love them. And I would also appreciate you leaving a quick review in iTunes because it's so helpful in helping other people find the show and also letting me know what you're loving, what you want more of. I would so appreciate you taking the time in your podcast app right now, leaving some stars, leaving some words. It'll take two minutes and it means so much to me. So I will see you next week for another episode. I hope that you love the five love languages of money and I am so excited to see how you get creative with this. Tag me on social and let me know how this is all shaking out and I would love to celebrate your wins. I'll see you next week. Until then, friends, here is the courage to show up braver, whole heart, full self, all in. We got this.